Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. Fifteen years ago, on a cold February night, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. I was very restless, couldn't seem to fall asleep, couldn't seem to settle down. And I finally, after tossing and turning and tossing and turning, decided to get up and go into the living room and watch TV for a little while and write for a little while. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get comfortable, I couldn't settle down, and just, you know, what was going on. And then within a few hours, I realized I was running a really high fever, like almost 104. And I'd had a little bit of a cough and a little bit of a sore throat, but I hadn't thought too much about it. It was pretty mild until I'd discovered I had that fever, and then a few hours later, it just hit like a ton of brick, and I was achy, and I was miserable, and I realized I've got the flu, and after years of taking the flu shot and not having had the flu, I couldn't believe that I had come down with influenza, and I was utterly miserable. But I had skipped the flu shot that year, that flu season, and that dawned on me that that was the case. I had not had my flu shot, but I had had a very good reason for skipping it. In fact, I had actually been giving flu shots back a couple of months before at a flu shot clinic at our church. I had volunteered as a nurse and gave flu shots, and I would have received one. However, there was a shortage of the vaccine that year. That flu season, not enough of the vaccine was available, and so they were asking healthy adults who were not at high risk for the flu to please go ahead and wait and either not get the shot at all or wait and see, you know, after most of the high-risk people had had a chance to get the vaccine. And so I chose to abstain so that I wouldn't be taking a flu shot from somebody who maybe needed it more than I did. When it hit me, Oh, I was so miserable, and I had really wished I had had the vaccine because I, for a few days there, I just felt like I had been run over by a truck. I was so sore and miserable and restless and fatigued, could barely function, And I was a mom with two young kids, and I also did daycare in my home at that time. I was staying home to raise my children. I had taken a break from my nursing career, and I had to close down my daycare because I was too sick to be able to take care of anyone. I couldn't even take care of myself. 
And then to make matters worse, my oldest son came down with the flu as well. And we ended up being sick together for several days. And fortunately, at that time, an antiviral medication had come out. It was fairly new. It had not been out for very long. And we were able to get started on that. And that did help to lessen some of the severity and shorten the duration a little bit of the flu. And my youngest son and my husband both took it as well. The doctor went ahead and prescribed um, it for both of them uh, to try to prevent them from getting sick. Unfortunately, it worked, and they did not get the flu. But the name of the medication, I'm sure you're familiar with it because now it's been out for so long, uh, was Tamiflu. And it's spelled T-A-M-I-F-L-U. Well, my nickname that my family has always had for me growing up and what my family and um, very close circle of friends still call me is Tammy, and it's spelled T-A-M-I. So my husband teased me (laughs) mercilessly about this medication and it being my name and the fact that I was the one that came down with the flu and got our son sick and the reason why we all had to go on this medication. Now, he, of course, took excellent care of us and was very sweet and wonderful, but, um, but he thought it was very humorous that I shared the same name with this medication and uh, still, you know, has, has teased me over the years about it. But I can laugh about that now. But back when we had the flu, it was no laughing matter. I have never felt so sick and so horrible in my entire life and really wasn't sure that I wasn't going to end up in the hospital. And I'm thankful that I didn't. But for millions of people who experience the flu every year, There are real risks of having complications, and thousands do end up hospitalized. And unfortunately, several thousand end up dying each year. It's estimated that globally, between 250,000 to 500,000 people die each year as a result of the flu. Over 200,000 people are hospitalized from flu complications each year. And here in the United States alone, about 36,000 people are estimated to die as a result of the flu. So influenza is no laughing matter. It's a very serious illness. So we have to do our best to try to prevent getting it. And believe me, I don't skip the flu shot now. And I have not had the flu since then, thankfully. Very thankful for that because even with the vaccine, it's not always a guarantee that you're not going to get the flu. And we'll get into that a little bit more later in the show. But first, let's talk about influenza. 
Now, influenza is not the same as stomach flu. Stomach flu is a whole different bug, whole different type of virus, and it's not the influenza virus. It just gets lumped in with being called a flu, but it's not really a flu. True influenza is a viral infection that can be caused by several different types of influenza viruses. There's type A, type B, and type C. And within those types, there are subtypes. So there's lots of different strains of influenza that can cause you to have flu symptoms. And that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to be 100% protected from the flu by the flu vaccine alone. So we need to know that flu is easily spread. It's a very common viral infection. It can be spread very easily, unfortunately, by airborne respiratory droplets. So like when you cough or you sneeze, if any of those droplets come in contact with somebody or if they come into contact with a surface that somebody touches, they can become infected. Skin-to-skin contact, handshake, a hug, a kiss can spread the flu. Sharing a drink or utensils, sharing food, those are all things that can spread the flu. Touching a contaminated surface, like I said, if those droplets get on a doorknob, a counter, anything that somebody else might touch, that virus can live there for a little while and it can infect them. So it's very important that we take measures to protect ourselves from the flu. So we need to really practice good hand washing. Because if you think about it, we're touching stuff all day long. And then how often do you touch your face after you've touched something without even thinking about it? You need to be washing your hands well and teach your kids to wash your hand, wash their hands well. Good hand washing is so very important. And staying healthy as much as possible by good nutrition, getting enough sleep so that your immune system is not compromised by not having enough sleep, staying hydrated, especially in the wintertime when the flu is most common. It's very easy because of the dry air with, when heaters are running. You can get dehydrated without even realizing it. And staying hydrated is going to help your body stay healthier and help your immune system stay stronger. And then also getting the flu vaccine. The CDC recommends the flu vaccine for almost everyone over the age of six months old. Unless you have a medical reason for not receiving it, you need to consider getting the flu vaccine. And I know what you're thinking. Believe me, I've heard it for years. I hear it all the time from people who tell me, I don't get the flu vaccine because every time I've had it, I got the flu. 
Well, honestly, you cannot get the flu itself from the vaccine. The vaccine that comes in the injectable form in a shot is an inactive virus. Basically, it's not a live virus anymore. It's not going to give you the flu. Now, the nasal spray is a live virus. However, the nasal spray, I believe, has been discontinued is what I've read because they found it is not as effective as the injectable form. And it was also not something that could be given to young children or the elderly, and it couldn't be given if you had any kind of respiratory issues like asthma or COPD or emphysema or anything affecting the respiratory system. So the injectable form is the one that is typically given. And yes, you can have a reaction to the shot that can make you feel a little under the weather. You may have some soreness. Your arm, especially where you have the shot, might be a little sore for a day or two. And you might kind of feel a little under the weather. But you're not going to get a full-blown case of the flu from the flu vaccine. Now, it's important to understand that the flu vaccine can take two weeks to be effective because your body has to have time to build antibodies to fight off the flu virus. And so if you were exposed to the flu within a couple of weeks of getting the vaccine or within a few weeks, a couple, you know, within a couple of weeks after receiving the vaccine, you may not be fully immune yet and you may go ahead and get the flu. Um, however, if you do get the flu after the vaccine, typically your symptoms are less severe. You're less likely to have complications. Usually you have a milder case and get over it a little quicker, typically. So with the flu vaccine, what they try to do each year is to determine the three or four strains that are most likely to be the ones that are going to be spread around the United States based on what has been spreading around the world. They try to predict which strains are the ones that we are going to encounter the most. And those are the ones that they put in the vaccine. They're not always 100% accurate. Um, in fact, I believe either last year or the year before, I think it was last year, um, they were saying that the, the flu vaccine was, um, gosh, like 75%, maybe even 50% effective. It was less effective than previous years. But still, that's better than no protection at all. And like I said, if you do get the flu after you've had the vaccine, Typically, it does help to make it a much milder case. But if you get infected with a strain that was not covered by the vaccine, then yes, you may still end up getting the flu after having the vaccine. And that is a risk that we take. But a lot of the times it is pretty effective. And to me personally, I feel like it's worth it 
because having experienced the flu several years ago and having had it, uh, you know, before that several times while I was growing up, I know I don't ever want to go through that again. And so if I can take a shot and try to prevent ever having to experience that again, then I feel that it's the best thing to do for me and for my family. So I really encourage you to consider the flu vaccine. And if you have questions or concerns about whether you should take it, if you have health conditions that you're concerned about, you know, whether or not you should have the vaccine, then talk with your health care provider. And it used to be that they would say if you had an allergy to eggs, you probably shouldn't get the flu vaccine. But new research has come out that has shown that there is such a minute amount of egg protein in the vaccine that most people do not experience a reaction or a problem from it. So if you do have an allergy to eggs, you probably can take the flu vaccine. But I would talk with your healthcare provider and discuss it with them and just make sure that that is what is recommended for you. Now, like we said, the flu attacks the respiratory system. And so the symptoms that you're going to see with the flu to help you recognize whether or not you have the flu are going to be, you know, a sore throat, may have a cough. Cough may be a dry cough, or you may have some mucus with it. It may be a productive cough. Congestion, stuffy nose, may have a runny nose, may have sinus headaches. And usually the flu also has a high fever, chills, muscle aches, and fatigue, and headaches. So it's very different than a cold. A lot of times people aren't sure, am I coming down with a cold or am I coming down with the flu? With a cold, typically the symptoms come on a little bit more gradually, and they're definitely not as severe as the flu even with a bad cold. And you typically don't run a high fever with a bad cold. You may have a mild fever. But with the flu, the symptoms typically come on quickly or faster than a typical cold. And you usually have a high fever. And again, the muscle aches, the chills, the fatigue that you don't necessarily see with a bad cold. So if you think that you or your child may have the flu, then you need to treat the flu by treating the symptoms and trying to stay rested, stay hydrated with clear liquids. You need to... um, check into what kind of over-the-counter medications might be the best choice for you. And if you're not sure, then talk with your doctor. And especially for your kids, depending on their age, there are medications that they should not take for colds and coughs and flu. So you don't want to give them anything that could be more harmful than do good. And so it's important to talk with your doctor and see what they recommend and what they feel is best for your child. 
You need to make sure that your child is not going to school with symptoms of the flu or going to daycare and spreading those germs around. Now, unfortunately, you can become contagious with the flu before you even start showing symptoms, like, you know, within a day before you start even showing symptoms, you can actually start spreading the virus. But once you know that you have it or your child has it, you need to try to protect other people by staying away. Don't be going to school, daycare, work. Try to stay out of the public. And usually you don't need to go to the doctor. But if you start showing signs of complications or if your child starts showing signs of complications, then you need to give the doctor a call and you may need to go in. So if there's dehydration, if your child is not drinking anything, they're not peeing enough, or if they're having vomiting or diarrhea and they're just not keeping enough liquids in their body, because sometimes, especially in kids with influenza, they can get some stomach symptoms and stomach upset. Um, So they may have vomiting and diarrhea, even though most adults don't get that. So you need to monitor for signs of dehydration. If they seem to be really having any struggle with breathing, then that's a medical emergency and you need to get them help. So shortness of breath, dehydration. Um, If they just seem like they are severely sick, it's probably best to get them evaluated. So again, self-care at home, bed rest, stay hydrated, use over-the-counter medications. But in children, again, make sure that they are medications that are okay for your child's age. So if you're not sure, talk with their health care provider. And usually within a few days, you start feeling a lot better. And kids tend to bounce back a little quicker than adults, thankfully. Typically, kids are very resilient. And if they're healthy, they don't have any underlying medical conditions. Usually, they don't have many complications from the flu. But we all need to be aware of what the flu symptoms are, what to do for the flu, and how to try to prevent it. Again, I do recommend getting the flu vaccine unless your child has some kind of medical condition that contraindicates them getting the vaccine. I really, truly think that it's beneficial and that it's the best way that we can protect ourselves and our family and others around us who maybe are not able to take the vaccine. So thank you for listening today to Ask Mom RN. I hope that you and your family stay healthy this flu season and you don't have to experience influenza of any type or form. But if you do, then I hope that this has helped to provide you with some information of what to do. 
Thanks for listening to Ask Mom RN. I look forward to being back with you next week. You can always find out more and you can listen to all of our past episodes by going to momrn.com and you can find Ask Mom RN on iTunes and you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Show. And we have a moms group on Facebook called Moms Raising Happy Healthy Families. And I would love for you to join us there. Thanks for listening to Ask Mom RN. And I look forward to being back with you next week to share more tips to help you raise healthier, safer, and happier kids.